Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey folks, we'll start the show in just one second. But first, I know a lot of you like listening to podcasts, but here's the problem. There are now over a million podcasts out there to choose from. So you have to pick the very best. And for progressives, after my own podcast, of course, there's no better podcast out there than the Bill Press Pod by our old friend Bill Press. Yes, Bill's still at it, fighting for all the good progressive causes, telling the truth about the worst president in our history, and bringing us his podcast twice a week. Every Tuesday, Bill interviews a leading progressive, like this week, Congressman Tim Ryan, plugging hazard pay for nurses, doctors, paramedics, and others who stay on the job, putting their lives at risk every day. Every Friday, Bill assembles three top Washington reporters to look back on the big stories of the week and expose the latest lies of Donald Trump. As a progressive, the Bill Press Pod is all you need to stay informed, outraged, and engaged. So join me in subscribing to Bill's new podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Bill Press Pod, click on subscribe, and tell your friends to do the same. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. So I I talked to Phil Kasikoff today. Phil Kasikoff? Yeah, you know, my friend, the bra salesman. He says they're looking to maybe put somebody on, so I got you an interview next Friday with his boss. That's my whole afternoon! I was gonna look for sneakers! You can look for sneakers the next day! He doesn't know anything about bras. <laughs> I know a little. Besides, what do you have to know? Well, it wouldn't hurt to go in and be able to discuss it intelligently. Maybe you should take a look at a few bras. Where's your bra? Give him a bra to look at. I'm not giving him a bra. Why not? Because I don't need him looking at my bra. Fine, so he'll go into the interview. He wouldn't know what he's talking about. All right, I'll get a bra. I don't know what the big problem is, getting a bra. You know about the uh, cup sizes and all? They have different cups. Yeah, I, I know about the cup. You got the A? B? The C, the D. That's the biggest. I know the D is the biggest. I base my whole life on knowing that the D is the biggest. Bob Seska. If you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, man. Safe home to Jerry Stiller. Man, what a classic goddamn character that was. 
Seinfeld, Frank Costanza. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, May 12, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 1,209 of the Trump crisis, 175 days until the 2020 presidential election. And oh, look, sitting right over there is my good friend Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Hi, Buzz. Hello. D D is not the largest size. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. That's fake news. I'm calling fake news. But we miss you already, Jerry. Yes, we uh, do. Hi, 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 Bob. Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, he's Bob. I'm Buzz. Yes. And we are the inventors of the socially distanced orgy. <laughs> fun. It's always fun. It's fun. Hasn't really caught on. Uh, Bob and I had a, a really an unusual conversation over the weekend. Uh, I want to share with you. He, in it, uh, he expressed his regret uh, at the news about my press secretary, and, and I offered my condolences about his personal valet. Bastards trying to get me sick. That's what's happening. Wish them the best. <laughs> uh, the, the Trump administration's gotten, don't you think, awfully cavalier mm-hmm. about Americans' health? Yeah, yeah I think Their so. Health. Uh, now, uh, they're bringing back asbestos and lawn darts. I'm seriously, it's only a matter of time. It's my right. constitutional right to jab my cousin's eyeball out with a lawn dart. Right? I know. Uh, uh, Trump, Trump, of course, as you know, are refusing to wear a mask still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I keep trying to design one, you know, that's just for him. Mm-hmm. And and so far, not a lot of luck because every design I draw turns into a ball gag. <laughs> See now, okay, new rule. That's the last yeah. joke we ever tell about Trump and ball gags. <laughs> ball gag right there. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we may have a title. And of course, of course, we're all biting our nails uh, about the next uh, Trump pardon. Yep. We, we know, we just know in our hearts and our minds, we just know that the next pardon Trump is going to grant uh, murder hornets. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just waiting. I'm Run just owning the Run libs. He's, he's going to own the libs. Oh, hey, women asked Trump a tough question yesterday, and he stormed off like yeah. a little baby. So let's let's do this. Brand new Rocky yes. Mountain Mike song. Time to get serious. <laughs> Sing along if you know the words. <laughs> when he is asked by a woman, by Rocky Mountain Mike. Here we go. <laughs> Subject to something else. <laughs> Try to talk about all the good things he done. If she is Asian, then he hates it. <laughs> Try to shuck and jive on China. Search all over the world to try and blame someone. When he is asked by a woman, he hates it. He's a gigantic baby. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Mike. Rocky hey, Mountain who, Mike. Who knew a white guy from the Midwest was so soulful? 
<laughs> I do, and I love that melody, but I agree with somebody who paid Mike, I think, the highest conceivable compliment today yeah. on, on Twitter. <laughs> he said, thanks to Rocky Mountain Mike, I can no longer sing the original lyrics to songs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm suffering the same problem myself, quite frankly. <laughs> I get that. They're yeah. catchy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, and women, oh, he it really, and it was uh, women, uh, multiple, and uh, one of them a woman of color, and mm-hmm. then, then it then it got racist. Yep. Uh, but and then he went running off with his tail between his legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to call that a win. <laughs> this is right. And you know what? It's so funny. It was so shocking to see it yesterday when he just decided to storm out of his own event, which was supposed to be <laughs> yeah. this huge victory lap for him and right. testing. Right. And now the only story that is out there about yesterday's Trump show was that he stormed off like a Big wah, fat wah. baby. Yes, this is the actual. The, we used to use this for Dan Badani, but this is the this is the music that plays along when Donald Trump is storming off of a stage or walking out of the, the press room. It goes like this. Look, that's the perfect music right there. Some some good tuba music it goes right right along with the lumbering. Oh, uh, the big fat ass walking right off and, the stage, yeah. Hmm. And what is it you say, Bob? What is your saying about this? What did Trump do to himself oh, yesterday? Brave Sir Donald ran away. Brave Sir Donald <laughs> ran away. That's what he did. That's one. Ran away, away he did. Brave, brave Sir, Sir Donald. Donald. When reporters <laughs> asked about what he said, he bravely turned his tail and fled, and he hid right there behind his desk. And, and he chickened out. out. Yeah. Uh-huh, like as a uh-huh. Rocky Mountain Mike Palooza here at the top of the show. So was there and, another one? Was there, yeah, yes, there was another one. Yeah, okay. Trump always makes things worse for Trump. <laughs> yes, he, he went does. into this, like you said, for a victory celebration, mm-hmm. uh, mission accomplished. He had he had the George W. Bush banners behind him yeah. uh, that had been repainted for the occasion. And, uh, uh, you know, he had his big announcement and he had his tables with uh, equipment and tests laid yeah, out on him. Yeah. Oh, man, it was it was going to be great until he started attacking an Asian woman. And yes. then it turned ugly and then he left in a huff. Here's that. So I, I thought that went well. Yeah, really, really well. Good job, Mr. President. Here's uh, that scene in case you missed it from yesterday. Oh, this is, by yeah. the way, this I is... can't hear it enough. I'm sorry. I just can't. <laughs> Here we go. That the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Ask China that question, okay? When you ask them that question, you may get a very unusual answer. Yes, behind you, please. Sir, why are you saying that to me specifically? Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm not saying it specifically to anybody. I'm saying it to anybody that would ask a nasty question like that. That's not a nasty question. Please go ahead. Why does it matter? Okay, uh, anybody else? Please, go ahead in the back, please. I have two questions. No, it's okay. But we'll you pointed to me. I have two questions, Mr. Next. President. Next, next, please. But you did. You called on me. <laughs> I did, and you didn't respond, and now I'm calling on Sorry, I just the young lady me. in the back, please. I just wanted to let my colleague okay. finish, but can I ask you Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Oh, what a Appreciate baby. There thank he goes. you very much. See, there, there's the sound of him walking off. Son of storming off. <laughs> Back to his cave. He did this, in fact, I think a couple of years ago in the Oval Office, which is why I had Rocky Mountain Mike make that Monty Python <laughs> song. Because they said, oh my God. I do. He's running away. I do love the, 
I do love the madrigal music. And then he's always got to have like Stephen Miller with a pair of uh, coconut shells clacking together to make it sound like he's on a horse. <laughs> First of all, I love how he really, really emphasized China that time. Usually, I mean, he's really loud when he says China. China! He says China that way. He also said kind of soft when he says China, too. China. So China. But um, <laughs> yesterday, he was just like, maybe you want to ask, China! China. It's it's got that China. it's got that schoolyard taunting tone to it. China. Maybe you want to ask China that. Yeah. And who and who besides a schoolyard bully finishes the sentence with okay? And there were probably all kinds of things that they were going to do after that. I mean, after he was going to take that question and he just decided, all right, it's over. I'm going home. And he just goes storming off. I I know what he was trying to get at. I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to stick it to the press. And he was thinking, now, if I do this, then all of my red hat goofballs will all cheer for me. All of the red hat cultists will say, hey, yeah, look, hey, he's really stuck into the press. And, and the actual takeaway is that he's just a coward, that he can't handle a tough question about, I mean, I think it's a legitimate question to ask him why he's turning this into some sort of competition. And we all know why. I mean, I think the answer is clear. I just think that reporter was trying to get it out of him. Like, oh, this is all because you're so terribly insecure. This is because you're you're desperate to get reelected, so you have to make it seem as if you're the guy in charge. That you're That's part of it. Accomplishing all kinds of things. Yeah, he's he's grasping at absolutely everything. Yeah, now. yeah, uh, and and so you know he'll in any small thing he thinks will help anywhere he can spread the blame, anywhere else he can point, and any uh, perceived accomplishment that he can point to, he's grasping at all of them like a madman. Uh, Indeed, like a madman, uh, to uh, try to to rescue his reelection effort. Yeah. Uh, we're reading reports that inside the White House, he is uh, uh, one White House aide uh, described him as spooked by by the virus uh, and the fact that so many people have come so closely in contact with him. Some of whom are now testing positive. He doesn't want any contact with anyone now unless they have been tested freshly. And uh, doesn't want to be around people in general uh, for fear of the risk of, of catching the virus. He and Trump, are, I'm sorry, he and Pence are remaining separated now. Uh, Pence is not in isolation. Trump is not in isolation. But they are now isolated from each other with that whole succession of power thing to consider. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so they're, they're finally getting the idea there. Uh, but reporters also, and and again, you know, hats off to the women reporters uh, who once again mm-hmm. ch- ch- frightened Trump and chased yes. him away. Yes. Who who once again uh, had the guts to ask the tough questions that made him buckle under the pressure. Uh, the the power of this is to be admired and remembered and and employed again. Uh, so we're we're very much impressed with that. But reporters also pressed him yesterday on the testing and why it goes on in the White House. Uh, but is not available to everyday Americans. And uh, Biden immediately jumped on that question on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and it's a question we should all be asking is if it's good enough for the White House, it's good enough for the rest of us. And I, I have a little inside uh some castle intrigue on that subject as well. Oh, good, good. Yes, because I want to talk about how the White House is just loaded with coronavirus here in just a second. But, I mean, before we dig into that, there was just one other observation Uh I had about yesterday's Trump show. Sure. And that was when uh, Trump was asked about why he keeps talking about Obamagate 
and then he said something to the effect of, well, some some terrible things happened, and you'll be seeing what's going on. You'll know what the crime is. The crime is very obvious to everybody. He didn't want to describe what he was talking about with regard to, quote-unquote, Obamagate, because he knows... Because he knows it's slanderous and therefore actionable. He's being very careful about what he talks about publicly for fear of the Obamas coming after him or someone else from the Obama administration coming after him legally. Well, for- I, I, now, see, this is news to me. What What is it that, I mean, I, that now I'm wondering, what is it that's slanderous that he, he knows better than to say out loud uh, I just presumed it was all about they were out to get him uh, in the campaign. And well, yeah, that's that, it. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And and for yeah. some reason, he doesn't want to say that coming out of his mouth in front of a microphone. For some reason, he's okay right, with talking about right. it on Twitter, but he won't say it on national television in front of a microphone. And I wonder why that is. And one possibility is because... He knows that it could be slanderous. I mean, he's basically accusing, uh, you know, the Obama administration, specifically Barack Obama and his national security apparatus of committing these crimes. And we don't know exactly what the crimes are. He still hasn't even mentioned what the crimes are. He's just impugning their character, which. uh, Right. Especially grasping at straws. Yeah. 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 And from that platform, it seems to me as if that's something that would be actionable as far as slander. Well, I, I, I don't know if it is by a public figure. I don't I don't know if a public figure can take action against uh, another public figure for 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 criticism uh, i i would be surprised if if that were the case uh, uh well it's know, not, it's not criticism it's, it's the literal yeah, accusation yeah, yeah. i mean he's accusing right, right. Of doing no something. i i know i know yeah, but as a public yeah. as a public figure especially without a specific uh, crime i i think he, he likes to keep it vague i mm-hmm. think uh he keeps he's always done this you know he's he's always said i'm not saying this but other people are saying mm-hmm. uh and and he did in this yesterday pointing to to Fox News and other sources for saying, uh, you know, check with them. You'll you'll see what's what's going on with this Obamagate thing. Uh, I, I'm not sure that he entirely knows because previous claims he's made about it, like spying on the campaign and wiretaps and all that, have all been disproven already. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not sure. It, it's just it's red meat for the base. It's a hot button that he can push with the base. Obamagate, yeah, it's a blame Obama. It's all Obama's fault, and that gets them riled up. You know mm-hmm. how they are. Yeah. And uh, the, the next thing you know, they're falling in line with that for whatever good it will do him on November 3rd. And by the way, <laughs> I wanted to also observe, too, that yes? notice how awkward the setup was for yesterday's press yes, conference. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Where they had one weird boom mic with a big uh, fuzzy Muppet-looking thing on the end of it mm-hmm. to deaden the uh, sound of the wind. Yeah, windscreen on right. there. And they had it really low down and in the middle of the socially distanced group of reporters. And then the reporters would have to come up to that microphone Mm. and hunch way down with their masks on and speaking into that microphone. And it was so weird. But yet Trump... This is like an old gimmick. It just seemed yes, it screamed out yes. to me the same reason why late night talk show hosts have their chairs propped up a little bit higher than their guests. Your, your boss in an office situation. Yeah. Go into your boss's office and sit in the guest chair across from his or her desk. Who yeah. has the the taller chair? <laughs> right. Who sits higher in that situation? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is one of the oldest tricks in the book. Yep. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised, not a bit surprised to know that uh, the, the whole point of making the mic stand that short 
was to force reporters to bow to the president yeah, uh, in yeah. order to speak. Uh, I saw some discussion on Twitter today that, well, uh, the you know, they should know that the, the mic will pick them up. They, they don't have to bend over to talk into it. If you're being shouted down by the president, mm-hmm. uh, the only way to be heard is to lean down and speak into that microphone. And uh, reporters, uh, several of them, male and female, but especially the women, were determined to ask questions and try to get answers yesterday. Yeah, and that never occurred to me, the fact that he was making them bow before them. That, that's yeah, actually about a, that? a really great yeah. observation and, and a really terrible one at the same time because, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. he's just a, it was a power play. It was a domination move where... Seems yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they have to be muffled with their masks and everything, but I get to stand up right. here and speak to the American people loudly and clearly right. and boldly with no mask and look how brave I am, but yet he goes inside and he's what were they saying over the weekend he that he was lava level mad about the fact yeah. that the, the, he was saying during his press conference one person was infected right. with the coronavirus inside the white house but it's actually many more than one person it's one person mm-hmm. katie miller and then it was also who else it was uh his valet his his valet his right. valet mm-hmm. tested positive who brings and, brings him lunch and diet cokes so that's double the number of people trump was mentioning during his press conference yesterday plus there are 11 secret service agents who have tested positive too mm-hmm. and that's something that trump will never acknowledge but he's got 16. to know yeah. yeah, 60 Secret Service members throughout the Secret Service, 11 in the, in the White House. Uh, yeah, and, and then uh, and, and, and aid to Ivanka Trump as well uh, as tested positive. Oh so God. it's gotten to the president's daughter. It's gotten to, to, to somebody close to the president's daughter, someone uh, with immediate contact with the president, uh, someone else with immediate contact to the vice president. Uh, and they're just now uh, starting to figure out that maybe they should have been more careful. Yeah. Uh, and so now everybody's taking precautions of course, except Trump. Well, they're taking all kinds of precautions while telling all of their fanboys to just ignore all the precautions. <laughs> just that's go and do that's what gonna you yeah, do. yeah. See, and that's the great thing about this. If there's anything great about this, is that the, the Trump administration is now being forced to wear masks. Uh, White House officials now being forced to wear a mask yeah. when that is not the signal that Trump wanted to send to his supporters. He has wanted to uh, project an image of everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It's time to go back to work. You don't have to worry about the virus anymore. Uh, excuse us while we all put on our masks. Uh, they, they, you know, that that makes that harder to sell, <laughs> thank goodness. Yeah. So uh, I, if there's a blessing out of that, in my view, it's this. It's the, the, the new uh, safety precautions being taken in the White House. It's interesting. The whole point of yesterday's Trump show was to announce some big testing initiative, uh, which really wasn't um, a testing initiative. But at the same time, the testing is the centerpiece of what the hell is going haywire with the federal government response to all of this. And and I think uh, Phil Rucker had a great point in his one of his questions yesterday, talking about, well, I mean, how can you expect the American people to go back to their jobs without testing? I mean, this is the Joe, basic, basic question of fairness, right? Joe, Joe Biden has asked the same question, and uh, you know, to his credit, uh, like you were saying, this was supposed to be a big deal, a great deal. We had the the George W. Bush uh, mission accomplished banners uh, yeah. saying America has the bestest testing. 
Uh, and then, but, but, and you talked about the purpose of it being to announce this $11 million that's now being distributed to states based on need, uh, to purchase more tests and testing equipment. Uh, well, that's okay. We're still, it still falls far short of what we need. Uh, but, but there's another, there are other purposes. There were other purposes to that show that, that ended so badly yesterday in the Rose Garden. Uh, this was going to be his chance to get past uh, the injecting and disinfections, uh, disinfectants thing, yeah. it was gonna it was gonna be a way to get past the jobs report that uh, puts unemployment at the worst since the depression. It was gonna be a way to get past uh, the eighty thousand Americans dead from the virus, and it was a way to get past the news that the White House is infected. This was gonna be a glory moment that was to make us forget about all those things, <laughs> as if as if we would. Yeah. And and again, it crashed and burned in a way that uh, only harmed Trump or mostly harmed Trump. And again, the gigantic elephant in the room is the fact that uh, here we are with a president of the United States who's under significant criticism for being uh, an incompetent, bumbling idiot in the face yeah, of this gigantic yeah. crisis inside the United States and, and around the world, quite frankly. And at the same time, he can't keep his own White House free of the coronavirus. It's just the basic and very fitting illustration of that incompetence. He can't keep... I mean, we're talking about members of his own family are working inside the White House. Uh, yeah, as right. you said, if one I, of Ivanka you know, Trump's staffers is infected. And you know he's aware of that and concerned about that. Uh, like I said, at least one White House aide has said he's spooked. Uh, we've gotten comments from a number of White House aides uh, who have said they're scared. Uh, there's this, uh, people are working from home. Uh, yeah. People, uh, everybody in the West Wing except Trump is wearing masks except under certain isolated circumstances. Uh, you know, there's this, there's this air of fear now in the West Wing, which is very crowded with people, very small and cloistered and, and, uh, very, you know, just a, it's confinement. Uh, and, yeah. uh, so, so it's a, it's a Petri dish, the white house and the West wing specifically now a Petri dish. And, uh, perhaps it's just a matter of time as this thing spread. We learned today that, uh, Vladimir Putin's press secretary, uh, is hospitalized with COVID-19 and at least three of his cabinet members have tested positive for it. Uh, someone commented to me, isn't it interesting that this is happening at the upper levels of two authoritarian governments? And, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of truth in that. And in fact, Putin's plan for Russia sounds eerily familiar. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yesterday, to- he released a 50-day plan yeah, for a reopening. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking about a route out of lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're at the peak of their infection numbers. Right, <laughs> it's just right. the same exact goddamn thing that Donald Trump is doing. And again, the actions they're taking now by mandating masks inside the White House, we're at mm-hmm. May 12. I mean, Donald Trump was talking yeah. about this thing ending on Easter Sunday, for God's sake. <laughs> this was a long, long time ago. And only sure now they're starting to wear masks. Only now they're starting to pump some money into testing after it's way too goddamn late. And again, that's the the rank incompetence of this administration. That's the consequence of having someone who is completely incapable of being president of the United States, someone who is utterly failing his Cuban Missile Crisis test. Uh, one of the metrics that we should use to evaluate an incoming president is how they could potentially perform 
in a situation like the 1962 Cuban Missile right. Crisis. Right. And we all knew going in, uh, Donald Trump. If Donald Trump was in charge of during the Cuban Missile we're, Crisis, we're it would be a yeah. it would be a disaster. And I wrote some things in my salon piece today about how that may have played out with with Trump in charge during the Cuban Missile Crisis. It would have been yeah. A, we would have all been vaporized. I mean, that's the and, upshot. And I think historians will have a hard time uh, characterizing Trump since we have in these four years seen evidence of both his incompetence yeah. and his evil, his, his sheer evil. And, mm-hmm. and you know, this has been something I have a question I've wrestled with my whole life is how can somebody be both evil and incompetent? And, and in Trump's case, as successful as he has been, in fact, in a lot of cases, as successful as certain executives have been uh, being both, evil and incompetent somehow rose to the top yeah. uh it, it is astounding and i think it's it's going to be hard for historians to describe that it, there is some other blame that's on my mind this week and a lot of it has to do with the disinformation that trickles down from the white house but uh, we the people are are responsible to a large degree for opening up too soon because we just couldn't sit still long enough. Yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, more and more people, uh, including myself, are realizing that the government doesn't shut down business based on the data, uh, based on cell phone data and spending data. We started staying home even before the most progressive states shut down. And it shows now us venturing back out into the world uh, before the opening updates that uh, certain states have set. Um, For all the arguing we've done over state governments and the federal government opening this and closing that, uh, the people are deciding and going about their business uh, the way they choose. And the people were very safe for a very short period of time until their attention spans ran out. Yeah. And now they're venturing back out, and we will pay for that. Uh, is certainly, this has been encouraged by the President of the United States and his supporters. But, uh, you know, in the end, we, we have to take some blame for this, too. Uh, because, like I said, it, it, like a child who just couldn't sit still. <laughs> right. I wonder if these people... Given the alternative, in fact, um, let's swap out the coronavirus for, let's say, nuclear fallout. Let's go back to the the Cuban Missile Crisis example. Uh, all the people you're talking about who are re-emerging too soon, Buzz, I wonder if they would emerge from their underground bunkers too soon if there was nuclear fallout all around. I mean, we're talking about people who throughout the Obama years, especially early on, were actively purchasing like fallout shelters and survival seeds and all of these doomsday prepper uh, buying gold and all the rest of it. But I mean, one of the main things was you could actually buy this uh, prefab tank that you dig a hole in your backyard, you put cool. this tank down in there, and you bury it, and that becomes your fallout shelter. It's like a prefab fallout shelter. Well, would these people go into that shelter, and then what would they do? Would they get impatient after four weeks or something like that? We're going to Walmart. <laughs> if, a person goes, if a person goes stir-crazy from confinement, as certainly anything's possible, uh, I think uh, some of them would be very secure and comfortable in that. Uh, and, but, but some would venture out, and, and some who did venture out would do so because of bravado. 
Yeah. They'd say, well, I'm, it's okay now. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And they, and they would, they would venture out. Some of them would, I don't, I don't know about all of them, but some of them would. And, uh, on the subject of bravado, I've seen it said quite a bit, well, Donald Trump will never wear a mask because he's so vain. Uh, because of vanity, uh, Trump will never wear a mask. Uh, you know, jokes have been made about how it would uh, wear off the orange makeup. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, I, I don't think it's just that. In fact, I think there's uh, another factor that may, be, uh, may loom even larger, and, and that is machismo, uh, courage, uh, bravissimo, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Donald the Lionhearted. Yeah. Uh, he, he wants to show that he's brave and strong and not afraid, and he's, he's afraid that his base will judge him harshly, and they probably would, uh, if he were to show the weakness of wearing a mask. More than vanity, uh, I think this is about uh, bravado. And in fact, uh, we talked about this some time ago, the idea of a partisan pandemic, where taking caution now, wearing a mask, socially distancing, staying at home, listening to the orders coming down from not only state governors, but also from the White House itself. I mean, let's face it. If you look at Donald Trump's own plan or the White House plan, Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. I mean, it was his experts, Fauci and Burks and all the rest of them. Now, actually listening to those plans is considered like the liberal thing to do. It's that's the, all the right. libs are the ones These, who are running around with the, masks on. Those those darn libs listening to the White House recommendations. What is wrong with those liberals? I mean, politicians who wear masks are being criticized for wearing masks. I mean, uh-huh. Rand Paul was uh, talking with uh, Anthony Fauci today in a Senate hearing, and Rand Paul was not wearing a mask. And I think not. it. I think it, yeah, it's it's bravado, and it's also partisanship. I think a lot of it has oh, to do yeah. with the fact. Yeah that now yeah the red hat cult has decided that wearing a mask taking precautions is for the libs and we're not going to do that because it's that's for the libs that's what the libs do so it's immensely immensely frustrating and so the mouths the mouths of republicans and democrats are now playing a game of shirts and skins right (laughs) yes that's exactly right so, I mean, I would like for this to end. I mean, I think I, I speak for us all when it would be great if we could just get back to some version of normal. But it can't happen as long as these idiots are going back to coffee shops. I mean, I saw a video of a coffee shop. I think it was in Arkansas where everyone was just crowded in, not a mask to be found. Saw a bunch of people with the usual red hat uniform on. Uh, but beyond that, it was just regular people all sitting around, packed into this coffee house, and I'm going, this is never going to end. This is yeah. never going to end because well, as long as they continue to do that, the stay-at-home orders will remain in place because we won't be bending the curve. And it right, just- right, exactly. And, and uh, as Dr. Fauci said in his Senate testimony today by video, uh, as long as uh, we have these places opening up, uh, uh, you're going to see these little spikes that then turn into outbreaks. Uh, in 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 certain areas, and uh, I think you're referring to actually it was the inside of a TJ Maxx store in Central Arkansas yeah. that you were probably seeing. That was one of the pictures that went viral on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, the other, of course, was video from inside uh, uh, a sort of lunch. Uh, uh, restaurant in yeah. uh, suburban Denver, South suburban Denver, mm. uh, uh, that was opening in defiance of uh, the, that state's orders, and uh, a lot of people turned out on Mother's Day. It was double their normal crowd because they too wanted to defy 
their Democratic governor's uh, orders about coronavirus. It's just a dumb, dumb, dumb thing to do. And it really does look like something out of a movie. Oh, look at all those people doing the wrong thing. Boy, they're going to really regret that soon. I mean, we... It's like, yeah, I, I mean, you're watching, you're watching a horror movie and you, you're telling the character, don't go in the house. Don't go in the house. And, right. and they go in anyway. When I see what we saw over the weekend, I say to myself, see you in two weeks. <laughs> Exactly because in, right. in, in two weeks, a good number of them are going to be infected. We just found out that about 70-some people uh, who voted in that Wisconsin primary uh, that, that yeah. they had despite the lockdown. Mm. 72 people who voted in that primary have now tested positive. Uh, about 70 people have tested positive from the uh, uh, Michigan State Capitol protest yep. that was in the news a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so and this you're going to see more of this, and then they go home to their families, and it spreads, and it spreads, and it spreads, and it will, as you said, we're not going to get anywhere in combating this virus as long as people are stupid. And I guess what it has, you have to wait till it gets to your house before you get the idea. Uh, hopefully, some lessons will be learned. Uh, hopefully, in two weeks, some of these people, when the infection strikes, some of these people will realize what they have wrought. They have no sense of how bad this virus actually is because right. they're hearing all of their information from Donald Trump and Fox News Channel, AM Talk Radio, on. and whatever pits of hell that they're mm -hmm. perusing online. I mean, I can't right. even imagine the blindingly idiotic misinformation that they're digesting on a regular basis or disinformation they're digesting on a, on a I'll, regular basis. I'll have a round of, uh, of it on my news this week. So <laughs> Thursday, buzzbarbank.com, everywhere you get your podcast. Yeah. yeah, and they're kind of behaving based on that disinformation. They right. think that this is no worse than the flu. Oh, the flu? Well, that's worth a, a risk. Eh, what does it matter? And then suddenly they're drowning in their own fluids on a respirator. I mean, right, that, right. that's the truth of it. I mean, that's the thing that you have to bear in mind, that that is the possibility. It's a distinct possibility that you end up getting a mild version of it. That's fine. Uh, that there's also just as a distinct a possibility that you're going to die from it. And in, in between... Mm -hmm. getting off scot-free and dying is a lot of misery in there. Could be, be yeah. The, I mean, the notion, I mean, imagine not just not being able to breathe. Imagine right. your lungs filled with I've fluid. Been there. Yeah. I've it, been there. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk? you want to describe what no, that felt no, like? No, I mean, was I, like, I, was, I, 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 was, I was hospitalized for pneumonia a few years back. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was walking uh, pneumonia for apparently a long time that I went undiagnosed. Hmm. And then one day I wasn't walking anymore. Uh, <laughs> and uh, there was a coma involved yeah. and uh, intensive care and... Uh, uh, you know the cardiopulmonary unit. So yeah, I'm I'm familiar with with some of these things, and yeah. uh, it's a, yeah, it's a terrible thing. I remember not being able to breathe before I was went unconscious on the gurney. Well, I I am uh, claustrophobic, and so when I think of the notion of not being able to breathe, I think in terms uh, of yeah. something like something pressing on my chest or my face being covered up, and it's horrendous. And I don't again, I don't know if they realize, and I don't think they do. Otherwise, if they did, they probably wouldn't be this foolish. Well, if they really they understood the, the toll, I don't think they the would. Theories, the theories, the conspiracy theories to which you refer are are more widespread in, in nature and more bizarre than you might imagine. And 
they believe these things because they want to believe these things. This is these seeds are planted in very, very fertile soil, yeah. uh, manure, you might say, <laughs> uh, and uh, they, they, you know, so, so they blossom and grow. And and in the case of, it's almost tolerable when it's just politics. Yeah. But when we're talking about public health. Uh, this disinformation becomes a lot more serious. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you the theme of my newscast this week is the disinformation. And I had a personal experience uh, with that uh, that I'd like to share in the postmortems. Uh, oh, yeah, today. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be great. Because I, I have some of my own, too. I have a little disinformation Excellent. story myself. Uh, Wonderful. But now more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. We're washing our hands, sneezing into our arm. But... What about your cell phone? I know my cell phone. I desperately need to clean my cell phone. I need to get myself the Clean Phone Pro just for my cell phone because it's a mess. Phones are a vector for disease, and we rarely clean them. We're constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. Better than wipes and safe for your device, the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with nine high-power UVC lights. There's a dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. You can be sanitizing your other items while wirelessly charging your phone, or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station anytime you want. A fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items, too. Go to thecleanphone.com today and get one for just $89 and free shipping when you use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, all caps. If you're serious about hygiene, it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone. Like me, I gotta get serious. Go to thecleanphone.com and keep your phone truly clean. Remember, use the code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, for two-day free shipping, and it'll ship immediately. Again, thecleanphone.com. We are so excited to welcome a new sponsor to The Stephanie Miller Show, Literati, America's number one subscription book club for kids. Who did I send them to? Your ex. My beautiful ex and her <laughs> newborn. And she wrote to me and said, Hi, Scoot. Look what came today. Baby books from Literati. Cutest delivery ever with personal tags in each book showing they belong to Alex. Her, oh, her baby, Alexandra. That's so cool. So cute. Thank you again for sharing this incredible book club with us. Alex says hi. Look, this book belongs to Alexandra. Mm -hmm. There's their kitty guarding all the books. Um, it is a fantastic thing, especially for parents in quarantine. To get it, go to Literati.com. L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I dot com slash Stephanie for 25% off your first two subscriptions. Literati dot com slash Stephanie. Curated selection. Only keep your favorites. Send the rest back for free. Every parent I know loves Literati. Go to Literati dot com slash Stephanie now for 25% off your first two subscriptions. Literati dot com slash Stephanie. Terms and conditions apply. The Bob Seska
Yeah, this is a band called Jones and a song called Minivan from their Garage EP. This is a great group. This is a... They, they describe themselves as fun, loud things from Los Angeles. Made with uh, guitars, drums, and cellos. One of the instruments that you're hearing here in this song is a cello. I love it. Or uh, cello. Yeah. It's it's kind of cool. This uh, this group of musicians, let's see, Dan Marfizi, Heather Marsden, Cameron Stone, Chuck Mencillis. They have toured, sessioned, and written with damn near everybody. In fact, uh, Cameron played uh, the theme on all eight seasons of Game of Thrones. So he was, I guess, one of the musicians wow. on the uh, Game of Thrones theme song. So that's that's kind of awesome. Do, yeah. do you have to wear armor if you're a musician? Do you have to wear... <laughs> it depends on where you're playing. <laughs> if you're playing beyond, if you're playing in a place that you have to stand behind chicken wire, maybe armor is uh, acceptable in and, that. Uh, and if for- and if 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 you're a band named Jones, uh, what name do you check into a hotel under? <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> Makes it very confusing. Yeah. Oh my God. Just so good. Brand new band here to the show, Jones. Uh, nice. Make sure to uh, click the link in the description to support Jones. Jones. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So uh, moving along here. Oh, by the way, make sure to go shopping through our Amazon link. In case you forget, it's at bobsuska.com. It's the all caps Amazon link just beneath the logo. If you click that link, it'll take you right to the front page of amazon.com where you can go shopping as normal. Go shopping until you're dropping, as I like to say. And uh, we get a teeny tiny commission from some of your purchases. Thank you for doing that. Okay, so uh, let's see. Where did we leave off here? Oh, yeah. You know what? Real quick, I wanted to talk about... um, I want to talk about the election real quick. Uh, and then we're okay. going to come back to um, coronavirus here in a second. But there was right. this guy named Tom Rogers, former NBC executive, apparently, who was um, concerned trolling the Biden campaign. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because this is the kind of thing we need to watch out for. People who are desperate for a take because they've been invited mm-hmm, onto a mm-hmm, cable news mm-hmm. program and they yeah. need a take that will get them some attention. This is the kind of take that we're going to end up seeing. Uh, former Lord, NBC- Lord, Lord, Lord knows I've tried. <laughs> right. I mean, this is kind of bold. <laughs> this take is such Everybody, horseshit. Yeah. 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 What Bob is saying is, is, is these folks, these talking heads who crop up on uh, the cable news shows of, of either stripe yeah. uh, are, are looking for a moment. They're, they're looking for, they, they would love for a clip of something they right. say to go viral to really, really establish them as as someone to look to and to follow on social media and that sort of thing. And, yeah. um, uh, that has its uh, advantages and disadvantages, uh, especially when it, I guess, uh, disadvantage when it falls into the wrong hand. Well, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case with this particular guest, but a, right. a lot of times, and I've talked about this with Cliff Schechter, who used to go on uh, cable news all the time, where sometimes uh-huh. what they'll do, sometimes a booker will drop copy a note if you're someone who's normally on one of these shows and say, look, can you take a position on this issue? We're looking for someone to take the moderate position on on issue X or Y. And then you'll say, well, yeah, I guess I could argue that. And they say, great, we'll see you at 3.30 or whatever it is. And you go in and you take that position. It's not necessarily your genuine position. It's not necessarily a position that's been well-researched. But if you've got a 
a pithy take to uh, to blurt on cable news, then they'll take you and they'll put you in one of those teeny tiny boxes. And yeah, now that's not to say everybody uh, makes up stuff to go on on cable shows. Uh, you know, anybody who's taken debate knows that you're, oh, you're right. taught to to argue both sides of a question. But but I think if you expect to sell what you're saying on cable TV. I think you have to believe it. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the problem, I think, with cable a lot of times is people will blurt shit that they really don't believe in simply so they could have this moment, as you describe it. And this guy, Tom Rogers, former NBC executive, revealed his fears about the 2020 Democratic presidential nominee, uh, Joe Biden, and said that he is uh, went on, uh, I think it was Morning Joe, and was talking about how Joe Biden is, quote unquote, uh, not ready for primetime election season. Oh, crap. <laughs> Calling his performances to date very unsatisfying and his messages on the coronavirus not very convincing. Rogers, currently editor-at-large with Newsweek. This is, again, this is like, oh all right, God. I'm going to find my niche in this debate and my niche is going right. to be right here. Joe Biden yeah. needs to find better words. And what he doesn't understand, what people who consume this kind of bullshit don't understand, is that we are in a struggle for our lives. Almost literally speaking with this president. And I feel like anyone who is undermining Joe Biden is helping Donald Trump and anyone who is helping Donald Trump has got to be a villain. Right. And you you see it in print, too, Bob, uh, both on television and in print, uh, meaning online these days. Uh, you, you see uh, people uh, with headlines like uh, what Joe Biden is doing wrong, yeah. you know, and, and you right. know, uh, yeah, I put all of this and I see comments from people on social media. Yeah. And uh, when I see this sort of thing, you know, this sort of uh, really nitpicking when there's a much bigger battle to be fought. Right. Uh, I, I just think, you know. Not helping. Not helping. This is this is not helping. You know, I and again, like you said, I think oftentimes, whether it's in print or on television, it is to try to make a mark, to try to make a name for yourself. Yeah. Uh, by by taking some of these positions and and as like you said, they they may not be. They may not be totally convinced of their position, but they kind of feel that way, uh, just enough that they can go out on a limb and make this this claim uh, or, or or raise this question and and hope that it makes them a mark yep and that's exactly what uh tom rogers did on on television mm-hmm. the other day You're and, right. and You're again right. i don't think he understands or if he does he's just ignoring it but i i just i generally don't think people understand the gravity of the kind of situation that we're in right now um with certainly where we're sitting with the coronavirus and the crises that are the various disasters that are emerging out of the coronavirus but also with the president himself which is uh, to me the ground zero of the crisis is the president himself this always is the, always the trump crisis so if you were to do the flow chart of problems facing the united states <laughs> immediately uh-huh. and visibly that we're all observing right now at the top of that flow chart is the trump crisis that bleeds into right. the coronavirus crisis which bleeds into the economic crisis and then you've got a, a series of crises twi- that follow the that climate yeah. the, the climate crisis climate the crisis security yeah. crisis in terms of the compromise of America. Uh, yeah, crises yep. abound. I've been saying for years uh, during the Trump presidency, uh, all you know, people complain about Im- uh, what's going on with immigration or they complain about what's going on with the climate. These are very, very, very important, valuable, valid complaints. 
and we can't solve any of them until we get rid of Donald Trump. That's and right. that's been the case from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's so urgent that we do that. It is so, right. I, and again, I can't seem to find the words or the tone <laughs> of voice to fully encapsulate. China. Exactly. China. How urgent it is that Donald Trump be ousted in this election. Everything yeah. depends on this. And again, if Donald Trump wins, it's not like the next day the sky is going to fall and then that's going to be the end, but it will begin this or maybe continue or exacerbate the continued disintegration of the United States of America as we know it. The the crumbling in large chunks has already begun. Yes. And what we see, it's, it's quite clear the, all the reasons why we saw it on display yesterday during that press conference with, with just, I can't get beyond the undermining of factual reality, observed reality. And this brings us back to the coronavirus where, by it the is, masses. Yeah, it is absolutely so crucial that the people of the United States, by and large, and again, you're always going to have that, what is that, 15% number that you cited mm-hmm. last week, Buzz? Uh, insane. Yeah, 15% the, <laughs> insane. Yeah. That's right. Outside of that group, everyone mm-hmm. should pretty much agree, well, you know what, what the epidemiologists are saying, what the scientists are saying, what the experts of the CDC are saying, these are things that we need to pay attention to and things that we need to believe. Why? Because it's science. It's not just hocus-pocus <laughs> shit that we've fabricated uh, like Donald Trump fabricates everything on stage. These are facts that we need to embrace. And Donald Trump and the entire cult surrounding Donald Trump is routinely undermining factual reality to the point now where, you know, you can't agree with members of your own family about something that could potentially kill them and you. I mean, it's an amazing thing to observe and amazing in the uh, most brutally horrible sense possible. And folks like us uh, are often accused of uh, preaching to the choir or speaking in an echo chamber, and and I, th- I think we're doing better than that. And again, I'll, I'll yeah. talk about that when we talk more in depth about disinformation. But uh, th- th- those folks are eating it up, and we're like holding them by the collar, slapping them in the face, saying, yeah. "Science! See, you remember science? Don't you remember science? Yeah, wake up! Don't you don't you remember science? Come on!" <laughs> Yeah, right. Science, remember in school, Science. remember. Come on, yeah. And and it's just it's it's not working. And a lot of it is because uh, they've just embraced a truth in mm-hmm. their minds that, that that supports their beliefs. Which, yeah. as I've said before, uh, beliefs and feelings and you know I think and I believe have have overcome. Uh, facts and science and mathematics in in the case of coronavirus. And Kimberly and I were talking about this exact topic on the after party on Friday, uh, bobseskashow.com, if you want to subscribe. And way too many of us, even beyond the 15%, way too many of us are just incapable of being able to handle the internet. I just get the sense that (laughs) digesting information is something that at least Americans, to an extent, really cannot handle. We don't know what the hell we're looking at from moment to moment. And, you know, everything is filtered through biases and what people are telling us. People like Tom Rogers. I just, I get the sense that there are just so many people who are just not engaged day to day with what's going on around them. And then they see, all they got to do is see something like Tom Rogers or see someone like Donald Trump uh, and say, just in passing, 
and, and, and a bit of information flies into their head and then, uh, as Mark Marin says, attaches itself to a feeling and then that becomes right. their version of reality. And it's not. Right. It's, and, it's and, separate and, from the rest of our and, reality. And they're holding more closely to their hearts, their their feelings and their thoughts and their opinions that yeah. I am entitled to as an American uh, with, again, you know, disregarding the facts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, how we overcome that, I don't know. How we could have overcome it if only we had paid more attention to education. Yeah. If only we had done a better job of teaching civics mm-hmm. and citizenship. That's right. Because if ever we need it, we need it now. If ever we needed an existence based in reality, we need it now. And we don't have that. Uh, I've also said for years you've got uh, Democrats arguing among themselves the shade of blue the sky is, while Republicans argue it's actually green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that's and, and how can you reconcile with people who just don't, who aren't seeing reality, who are seeing it wrong. Yeah, and in fact, you know what? Uh, right as we speak, they are hearing uh, arguments in the Supreme Court about the Mazars slash Deutsche Bank cases, which have now been combined into one Supreme Court case. And that reminds me of the fact that not even our Supreme Court justices are fully capable of, of absorbing factual information. There's, I, I always go back to that Hobby Lobby some, decision right. from, well, some, yeah, some. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hobby Lobby decision from a few years ago where they just couldn't grasp the science of fetal development. They couldn't grasp the science of, you know, what prevents implantation versus what prevents insemination. It was just one of the most frustrating uh, decisions ever in the history of the Supreme Court. That Hobby Lobby decision, you read Read that decision, especially if you read the transcripts of the arguments. It will piss you off, especially if you have respect for science and facts, because right. they just got it completely wrong. And so it's not just, you know, the slack jawed yokels, uh, <laughs> you know, from the hinterlands. It's not just them. It's all the across the board where factual reality is just getting so badly damaged and destroyed in some cases because of this inability to absorb information. Our immunity to disinformation has been weakened by the chiseling away of our faith in institutions of government, in science, in even now mathematics as Mm -hmm. well as journalism. Uh, All you have to do if you want to conquer a society is uh, wear away at the credibility of those things and then begin to plant the most bizarre disinformation. It's always worked for Putin. Let's see how it works for him now because things are getting pretty rough over there. But uh, this has been the method uh, used uh, now in the United States uh, to uh, make America stupider. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the the culmination of everything that we've been talking about here for the last five minutes uh, is the idea, uh, the brutal reality that Donald Trump is exacerbating all of this stuff. The inability to grasp information. Uh, he's exacerbating disinformation. He's got a billion-dollar yes. disinformation factory going on right now with Brad Parscale in Roslyn, Virginia. It's working. Uh, yeah, and so he is using the immense power of the presidency to make all of these things even worse. And imagine, I just look back at the last four years and imagine all of this once more 
but without Donald Trump having any urge to get reelected. Donald Trump unfettered from the demands of a another election. The shit that he will try to get away with in a second term when he is no longer even accountable to uh, people who vote. Uh, it's going to be uh, horrendous. And and I, I can't even begin, again, I don't have the adjectives. I don't have the metaphors to describe how bad it's going to no be. No one does. No one does. Yeah. Don't, 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 yeah. don't beat yourself up about that. Uh, a lot of us are fearful of what will happen uh, between uh, the election day and uh, inauguration day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about this before. If you think he's nuts now, he'll really be nuts if he loses, when he loses the election. Uh, in the period that remains before there's hopefully a peaceful That's transition right. of power. Mm. Uh, in the meantime, he's already nuts. He's he's been described yesterday's uh, news conference described as another Trump meltdown. Yeah, uh, and and it's showing. Uh, the the cracks are showing in him now. Yeah, uh, more more than they ever have. He's always been loopy, but but now it more than ever. Uh, there's real concern about his sanity and the effect it could have on all of us. Yeah. And, and again, it's not just, I mean, when we talk about uh, Donald Trump lying, it's not just the fact that he's a liar. It's the fact that he's a liar and then countless thousands, if not millions of people believe those lies. For example, yes. the Obama administration left us with uh, broken tests for the coronavirus. Well, how can that even be factually possible? And, then we, <laughs> and, and again, if the coronavirus didn't exist during the Obama administration, how the hell could they have had tests that were broken? I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. Or the Obama administration uh, conducting some sort of jihad against Mike Flynn. Well, guess what? Mike Flynn was prosecuted under the Trump administration. I mean, these are bits right. of factual information that is right. just that is getting lost and Blur it is it. it is not good for America. It is no. it is destroying America and because yeah. here's what and here's what happens. And you know what? Joe Biden is a perfect example of what can happen with disinformation. Yeah. Just saw a poll that shows America divided 30-something, 30-something, 30-something into uh, Joe Biden uh, didn't molest Tara Reid, uh, Joe Biden didn't molest Tara Reid, and don't know. <laughs> so you have two-thirds of America that either doesn't know or thinks he did. <laughs> and God damn and it. This is the effect that disinformation has. Yeah. The fact that people will be dying in greater numbers again soon after these protests and after these defiant restaurant reopenings and defiant county and beach reopenings, you're going to see the cases spike again in a couple of weeks. You may as well set your alarm and strap yourself in because that's what's going to happen. Uh, and, and these are the consequences, and whether or not they'll learn from it is impossible to say. Uh, but again, a lot of this is... Uh, uh, you know, my American rights. I have a right to do this. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you don't. Not when it endangers others. You know, I have been a huge slacker. We are way late for the last break here. We're going to take one last break and then we're going to wrap up the show. I swear to God. Longer <laughs> show. Longer <laughs> show. Longer show. Right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. 
Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This is a self-animation, a song called Mother's Love. We played this for uh, Mother's Day uh, on a Friday show, too. It's good to see the poodle skirts again. <laughs> yes, this features triplet sisters Molly and Cara Delonis. Of, of course. And their uh, prog rock guitarist dad, Nick Delonis. Their uh, brothers, this is two members of a of a set of triplets, and their uh, the other member of the set of triplets, their brother, is not in the band. I don't know why that was important to mention, but I thought I would anyway. <laughs> well, it, it, it was interesting because uh, triplet acts are, are something we, we don't see very often, haven't seen <laughs> no. for a long time. And the sound itself is kind of a throwback to, to a sort of a Bobby Sox era. Yeah. Uh, that, by the way, was before my time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I believe you. Okay. All right. Um, one more thing I wanted to add real quick before we wrap up yeah. the show here uh, about Biden and uh, the election and disinformation uh-huh. and people who right. don't know how to evaluate priorities or stakes in things. Uh, Biden now only leads by three points in a new poll nationally. And I know Who's the national poll. poll you know, one uh, poll. Who's yeah, poll? this is a morning consult poll. And again, I'm not. I'm more of a poll aggregator guy. Yeah, if I'm looking please. at if I'm looking at polls, I'm looking at uh, the aggregate uh, right. polls and 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 basing my uh, judgments based on that. But the Smart. fact is that uh, what I'm seeing in the polls is a narrowing, and it may just be a natural narrowing. But I can't help but to think that it's the impact of what you were talking about, which is this Tara Reid story, and and the people who've been pushing the Tara Reid story. Um, however well-meaning in some cases, they are, yeah, again, agreed. undermining the only person standing between us and another four years of Donald Trump. And, and again, some of the print articles written about that were written by people looking to make their mark, just as yeah. we were discussing a moment ago. And and again, not helping. No. Absolutely not helping. No. No. Uh, you know, they, they, this has been, I, I think her charges have been more than adequately discredited as yeah. as she has herself uh you know it, it, it but it but it sticks to you all you have to do is get a lie out there and repeat it often enough and uh, you will you know you'll you'll gain some ground it'll get some yeah. traction and it's gotten just enough traction to be damaging i i do not think that this poll is reflective of election day in no. any way shape or form 
because all of the the poll numbers show uh, overwhelming bipartisan support from Republican and Democratic voters for what governors, Republican and Democratic, have done across the country in terms of keeping the country closed. There are very high disapproval, disapproval numbers of uh, the federal government's handling of the crisis. Uh, there's a, when you add to that the worst unemployment since the depression, and we're not done yet. Um, uh, when you add to that uh, those things, uh, I, I think people are, are when they go into the booth on election day, they're going to have to ask themselves, "Do I want more of this, or do we need to do something else?" And yeah, I, I I can't help but think uh, that doesn't mean we have to. We don't have to work as hard. We we still have to work harder than we should have to to get to get Trump out of the White House uh, but but I think it's uh, very very doable and on that subject um, seeing increasing evidence that Democrats are going to win the Senate they only need to win three seats I I'm I'm reading poll numbers from individual key Senate races that indicate uh, the Democrats could gain six seats in, in this yeah. election. Yeah, uh, thing, things are not going well for the Republican Party, and they keep digging themselves in deeper and deeper and deeper. I think I think some of these polls are skewed by Trump's popularity as a cult figure. Mm-hmm. I think when he, do you do you like Donald Trump? Yeah, I sure do. I sure like him. <laughs> uh, but when when you ask them about his policies, and this has almost always been the case, when you ask them about his policies, they don't agree. No. Uh, and I, I think, uh, especially after what we saw in 2018's election uh, and uh, the momentum that's out there, I know that uh, Trump voters are unbelievably motivated uh, to try to reelect him uh, this fall. Uh, but uh, do not discount the fact that Democratic voters get something every day to remind them of how mad they are yeah. uh, that Donald Trump is president. And uh, they're going to be just as mad knowing Trump. They're going to be just as mad going into that booth or sealing that envelope uh, come election day. I really, really hope so. And for now, at least, on the upside of the polling Uh equation here, Joe Biden's lead has been the steadiest lead that we have ever seen uh, on record. Uh, Biden's lead is about as steady as it could possibly be. Not only is he up six points over the last month or so, but the average of polls since the beginning of the year has him ahead by six points. Moreover, all the polls taken since the beginning of 2019 have him up by, say it with me now, Six points. The (laughs) the steadiness in the polls is record breaking. Biden's advantage is the steadiest in the race, which with an incumbent running since at least 1944. That can mean it'll be harder to change the trajectory of the race going forward. That's the key passage right there. Uh, If if you've got his lead kind of locked down and it looks like and again don't get happy but if it is locked down like the trend has showed it to be then it could be much more difficult for Donald Trump to chip away at that lead Trump's Trump's numbers uh, live and die by Trump himself not by anything Joe Biden does or anything anybody says about Joe Biden right uh, the, that steadiness in the numbers you point out simply underscores the entrenchment of both sides yeah. in uh, their support uh, of their party and their party's philosophy. Uh, Biden's uh, uh, smart, I think, campaign strategy at this point is to lay low, say the occasional wise thing, and draw back into the bushes and let Donald Trump hang himself with his own rope. And yeah. uh, I think I think we're seeing that. I think the American people, the voters, are seeing that. 
And every vote we can accumulate uh, toward that end is very, very good news. Oh, God. You know, somebody asked me today, somebody who doesn't agree with me. Yeah. Sorry. They, they asked. I can barely hear the music anyway, so I'm just going to keep talking. Okay. Uh, <laughs> somebody asked me today, oh, you're you're obviously, you don't like Trump. And and I said, you know, no, but what about this news post made you think that? And and he said, well, you know, because you, you post so much negative stuff about him. And I said, if he wouldn't do so much negative stuff, I wouldn't have to post it. Yes. Adding, how I long for the day I don't have to. <laughs> That's right. And again, that was Charlie Pierce had a very similar comment on Twitter today with regard to uh, something that happened in the Supreme Court, where I, I think some, I, I think it was Jay Sekulow was arguing before the Supreme Court saying that, uh, oh yeah, they're just going after Donald Trump because they don't like him. Well, no, they're not going after Donald Trump because they don't like him. They're going after Donald Trump because Donald Trump is doing things horrendously, inaccurately, and incorrectly. Uh, and so th- that's why. I mean, that's why. It's not. I don't have some sort of deep-seated vendetta for years against Donald Trump. It's because he's a terrible president and a terrible, terrible human being, an irredeemable Horrible. human being. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's I'm see glad we've here. settled that. Yeah. Uh, again, the thing that I'm looking at the most is um, I'm looking at the, the map. Uh, as of right now, if Joe Biden wins all the Hillary states, and there's no reason to believe that he won't, if he wins all the Hillary states plus Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. That's it. That's oh, that's I, the Bob, the calculus that he need to bear in mind. Yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob yes. I, I think you're looking at the coronavirus map. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. Look at the wrong map. All right. Well, that's it for the show. Right, right on time. Uh, by the way, post-mortem shows coming up next. Uh, BobSeskaShow.com if you want to subscribe for $5 a month. Thank you for doing that. Also, Buzz Burbank News and Comment. Everywhere you get your podcasts. Also at BuzzBurbank.com and RealmNetwork.com. Every Thursday, the best hour of news you can hear all week. Okay. Thank you. And we're going to talk disinformation on that and in the post-mortem show up next. Yes, can't wait. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bamboo!